Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 174 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. So too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderson, and I'm joined by a man who is currently halfway through his correspondence taxidermy course. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Very good, Robbie. Look at it is tough doing it by snail mail. I must say, I don't get you know you don't get a lot of you know you need, need a bit of that visual, I think. But um, but writing letters about it, it works really well. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. And um, and if you, did you want to share with the listeners what your uh, your your intended business name is of your of your taxidermy uh, company? Well, no, but do you have some ideas, Robbie? Well, you know, I, I, I thought I thought you were going to go with um, the I snuff and then stuff them as a. Uh, as, oh, a, as a bit of an option. Very know? nice. Um, and, very and I good. Thought, I thought you might want to start with that uh, that that uh, uh, poor uh, poor wattle bird that suffered from a uh, a cranial trauma that I found in my front yard just before we started recording oh, this morning. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to the age delivery. <laughs> did you um? Did you did the kids finally go, Daddy, Daddy, come and rescue the bird? Well, I actually, um, I, I picked it up before, like literally, like so. For the listeners at home, this is Lewis and I talking. So, um, I, I sent a, I found a, a dead bird in my front yard this morning, lying right next to the a, rolled up Age newspaper, which is actually quite a thick, weighty Saturday morning uh, newspaper this morning. Um, and I, I just come back from a run. I thought, geez, yeah, I better move this bird before the kids come and find it. So I went and quickly took a photo to send it to Lewis. Um, and then, uh, and then went went. Went inside and said to Christine, "Can you grab me a plastic bag?" And she's gone, "Oh, is it for the dog poo?" And I said, oh, "And amongst other things, she's gone. Why? What else?" And I gone, uh, "Just made this little flappy arm arm motion, and then, and she got, oh, okay, right, here's a plastic bag." Um, so, and then it wasn't until afterwards I realised, yeah, I should have actually taken the picture of it sitting next to the uh, sitting next to the news because, as you rightly said. Send it to the RSPCA. You know, the Whoa. Age newspaper doesn't care for pet for birds. <laughs> Well, maybe this could be our new podcast, mate. We could be like a we could be a true crime podcast. How did the bird die? Like, uh, you know, obviously yes. the, the obvious thing would be someone uh, the person delivering the newspaper has thrown it and somehow mid air clocked the unfortunate bird. But quite possibly, it's it's incidental. We'd need to do some forensic evidence, I think, somewhere in there. We might need to do like a, a CSI style reenactment mm. of where you've got the like so following the trajectory of the newspaper and trying to work out because he the, I know the guy drives up my street so he throws it over his roof um sort of over the top quite quite good so so that is also going to change the trajectory because he's got to get it up over our fence so he has to give it quite a decent hoik to get it up and over which may bring it through the bring it through the leaves he's got to get it high over that 10 foot fence mate that you've got there just provide just a little bit of privacy haven't it from from the neighbors that um you know, in that in that area with the high fences that you live, mate. I oh, know it's a big. That's it's right. Big yeah, throw. it's it's a it's a fenced community. That's the way we like to have it here. And, you know, and if he just gets it wrong, he probably you know just lands it in the in the um infinity pool, I suppose, just on the edge there, just over the fence. You know, dodges the tennis court because that's a quite a high fence. Doesn't want to throw into that one. Well, but well, you, just well that's a, into the infinity pool next door, neck neck nearby. You think? 
Yeah, they're just the three tiers of fencing, the 10 foot on the outside, then the tennis court, <laughs> and then the infinity pool as well. Did you, did you get up the CCTV? Because that might provide some information as to whether he did. Oh, the, yeah, you're, the, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The, the cameras are actually just fake. There's actually no, <laughs> they're, they're only there for show. Right. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. good. Very good. <laughs> what, what else has been happening this week? Maybe in the vet well, plane, what's been happening? Well, well, actually, yeah. So we've been, um, as you no doubt would have had over the last few weeks, we've actually had some, um, you know, lots of times where people have been trying to get uh, certificates to get welfare grooms. Yes. And, and because Melbourne's been in lockdown for so long now, all of these dogs have been getting incredibly, incredibly hairy. And so it's basically reaching the point where any of these oodly dogs that haven't been groomed for during lockdown, they're a lay down Mazare welfare groom anyway. But um, I, I had to, uh, I had to get a welfare groom myself done um, last weekend. So, um, so I, I, I wrote oh, to my yes. GP and I said to, I said to it, <laughs> said to my GP, look, is there any chance I can get a certificate to get my hair cut? Because I'm just worried that I'm starting to get some knots. And they said, sorry, who is this? And I said, all right, that's fine. So I must have the wrong number. And so I got Christina to sit down with me and get the, get the clippers out and give me a bit of a welfare groom. So it was, yeah. uh, it was terrific. Got rid of all the knots and everything. So now it's stopped itching just in time for summer. Very nice. Very nice, mate. This week, um, Oh, I, we had a, a dog come in. Um, the owners, uh, the owners rang up and it was a classic case of, oh, um, dogs eating some Toblerone. And, oh uh, right, you know, yes. Talk, talking to the nurse and uh, and uh, you know, nurse on the phone was saying, "Oh well, you know, how much Toblerone? You know, is it a was it a little fun size one, or are we talking the the big gigantic sort of size? We need a little bit more information." Um, be unlikely to be the gig- be unlikely to be the gigantic size one because that's usually the one that you get from the airport. No one's traveling by planes these days. Right. Well, interesting. No, it no was one of duty free. Well, interesting. It was one of the bigger ones. And uh, you know, there maybe you maybe, maybe and and the you know the story came back. It's eaten about half, half of the block, and there's about another half there. Um, and um, and and then it was a bit like, oh, okay, yeah, what sort of dog is it? What's you know, getting a bit more information? Milk chocolate, dark chocolate, because you know, as a listener that may or may not know, dark chocolate is worse for poisoning um, uh, than than the milk chocolate. So, and it came back, no, it was milk chocolate. So, you know, we're doing our calculations and you know, sort of behind the scenes. Yeah, oh, look, I think I think you better bring your dog in. Um, you know, she said, oh, well, it was just on the on the on the. Um, the table where my husband leaves, he has a bit of a snack, you know, and, it, you know, the dog's there. Um, my, um, you know, 10 year old son's come and he's found, you know, that the dog, you know, the, the sort of, it's all gone. And, and just so better. Yep. Yep. So bring the dog in. What we'll do is we'll make it vomit. And, uh, and, and then just to know, be safe. Assess, yeah. Assess how much comes up. How, when did it happen? Oh, look, it's within the last hour. Perfect. Come on down. So bring the dog down, you know, dog in, you know, straight in, we give it the stuff to make, make them vomit. And, uh, um, it's, it's a, uh, oh, it's a Kelpie size dog, you know, medium sort of size dog. Yep. Has a vomit. Yep. Okay. There doesn't seem to be any chocolate in the vomit. Uh, yeah, another, another, you know, vomit, several vomits and, we really don't see any chocolate and it's, it's, right, eaten, that right. it's eaten half a block of a large toddler. Yeah. And we're thinking, I don't think the dog's eaten any of the chocolate. Can you give us a bit more information? Well, the 10 year old son found the dog eating the chocolate and said to oh. us, this is what happened. When I came in and I said, when mum came in and said, Oh, where's all the chocolate dog gone? The 10 year old son said, Oh, well, we're Daisy. Got into the Must chocolate. I've just seen come seen her eating it. 
and the foil. Foil's gone too. No foil in the vomit either. Yeah. And again, we did a little bit of CSI discussions, which probably made for an interesting chat when they got home. That, but was was there a, was there an option of bringing the sun in and making the sun vomit and see whether or not the sun had a, a stomach full of chocolate? Yeah, we did. We did a glucose test on the sun. Okay, excellent. Good. Yeah, yes. yeah. It was, it was very high. Very high. Yeah, very so high. Yes. We, we were just and it just as sweating. It was perspiring because of, you know <laughs> with the with the with the lies that he was telling. Yeah. So so we did we did say the owner. Well, that will be one hundred eighty five dollars, unfortunately, for your dog for, for making the vomit and the consult and all that sort of thing. So look, I don't know if your ten year old has yet got a job, but it might be time for him to start paying back. That's a lot of blocks of chocolate he's got, he's got to, 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 to pay that back. So it was a bit of, it was an interesting case because, you know, we do occasionally, we more commonly, I think, I don't know about you, but we, we get uh, dogs that we perhaps think of had ingested uh, illegal, illicit drugs of some sort, perhaps marijuana yes. or something like that. And it's, it's, it can be a difficult situation if there's some teenagers in the house or something like that. And they're there with mum and dad and you're just trying to get information. You don't really care what's what's been ingested. You just need to know so you can treat it. So sometimes you've got to separate the, the families just to get get it out of the 17-year-old the sullen-looking uh, lad that's standing there. So the, I've never had one with the it's chocolate, just- though. That they're just smashing twisties, just yeah. going, you know, like I've got a funny yeah. feeling, something like your boat. Yeah, when, when the when the uh, the 17 year old son who's smashing the twisties when their pupils are as dilated as the dogs, yes. you go, hang on, yeah. These, there's a similarity here between these two. Yeah, come on into the concert room. You can finish your ice cream and tomato sauce in the concert room. That'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So I haven't had one of those before. I thought that was very interesting. Um but also yeah. Oh, no, no, I was going to say that that then brings on a, a very good uh, thing of talking about you know, being careful with chocolates around uh, you know, coming up to Halloween time. Now that Melbourne's out and you're allowed to start walking around and doing things, you know, kids might be uh, you know, donning themselves in scary gear and getting them out uh, all around the world, actually, and going around and loading themselves up with chocolate. So it's a time to be careful of making sure that your dogs don't get any chocolate again as well. Yeah, good point. Yeah, certainly dogs getting the chocolates, but also uh, with lots of people dressed up funny coming to your house, that can be really triggering for some dogs and they really get upset. Um, you know, so so important um, on Halloween when kids are trick-or-treating to make sure, you know, you're going to have potentially lots of kids on your property looking really weird, all dressed up. You know, good, good to have your, your dog separated and totally away from the front of the house if if they're a bit upset by weird and scary looking people dressed up. So make sure you do that and get that prepared. Um, well, given that we're about a, about 10 days out from it, Lewis, is there any um, any benefit in dressing yourself up in Halloween gear and just jumping out at your dog you know, up as they're walking up the hallway just to try and help to desensitise them to those scary situations? Or I think maybe that might be better off just, just leaving and just maybe keep the dog out the back. Great, great idea, mate. Follow-up question. Is your insurance up to date? Or, uh... <laughs> I wouldn't be recommending doing that a week No, out. no, 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 no. no. no that's, that's, that. We, we that. certainly can't endorse endorse that. Hey, um, uh, another funny story this week that we've had. So um, so Christina got bitten by a cat during the week. Oh, dear. Um, she yeah, right? Yeah, and, um, uh, well, got her right on the um, right on the nail bed. Um, like, so, so pierced right through her nail. Oh, ouch. And so, and so said, right, you know, you better get off to the doctors and go and get yourself um, seen too and get on some antibiotics. And so she made an appointment to our, to our GP, you know, again, asked to see, asked if she could get a, a welfare groom, but you know, they wouldn't give her the, uh, the welfare groom certificate, but um, saw the, um, it was actually the, the same doctor that 
saw me that told me off for accidentally you know, having my hand under the x-ray machine and, and sort of x-raying when I had the broken finger the, um, the, the, the 12 months ago. Um, saw the same doctor and uh, uh, she said, oh, look, I've been bitten by a cat on the nail bed and, um, and I just come in, I just need to get some antibiotics for it. Oh, you vets and your antibiotics. Yeah, I think everything needs to have antibiotics. Do you know that human mouths actually have more bacteria in it than what animal mouths have? And Christina said, mm, no, I don't think you're right. I don't think I, well, I said, I thought, I thought cats bacteria actually had lots of bacteria in their mouths. And that's the reason why when we see cat bite abscesses fairly commonly, when cats get into fights, that that's the reason why it's a good idea to get onto antibiotics, especially if it's under your nail. Oh, well, look, I'll, I'll humor you. I'll have a look at it up on the, uh, up on the, up on the internet and check and see. So here we go. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. So, mm, oh, mm, yes. Well, mm. Well, it does say that cats, back, cats' mouths and animals' mouths in general do have a lot of a lot of bacteria in there, mm, and it's actually quite a lot of different species of bacteria. Mm, mm. Well, and it does actually say that you should be on antibiotics after you've been bitten. Mm. Oh well, I guess you learn something new every day, don't oh, you? you know? Wow. You know? Well, yeah, I guess this might you know, paints me as, as as looking like a bit of a goose. Okay. I said to Christina, "Yeah, I would have, I would have said yes, yes, it yeah. does." Honk, you know? honk. Honk, honk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does, mate. Gee whiz, yeah. Well, we certainly see the after effects of a, yeah, any sort of cat or dog bite. That can be just horrific. That can really swell up quickly and the infections, even something minor can, you know, if you don't clean it up quickly and get on some antibiotics, definitely, yeah. And, and especially that we've had, yeah, we've had, um, you know, one of our vets, uh, you know, they had to go into hospital twice in the last couple of years to get IV antibiotic because she's been bitten by a cat. And this clown, yeah, and the fact that it got right down under the nail bed is like, man, could you imagine getting an abscess under there? Yeah. Not fun. Not no, fun. Not, not fun at all. Wow. We. No. Okay. How's she? Is she on the men now, mate? All good? She got is. Her? Yeah. Yeah. So, she, so she's on some antibiotics and so everything's all fine. It's all good. You know, got, got her within the golden period, Lewis. Oh, so, well. um, so we could get in there and help to sort that out. So. Well done. It's not, it's not the, um, not the, anal gland finger is it it's um the, you know, the, the one she cleans the anal glands the I, think it, I think it might be actually so i think she's got so, a double glove now just for protection oh, just for safety i was gonna say might be a bit more extra work for sean this week then if if um christina's <laughs> just uh, <laughs> tapping out on those ones sean mate you're up you're up all that oh, practice oh, here it comes oh, Chris, she'll, she'll do the one side but then she sort of swaps sides to do the other you know do oh, you right. do you backhand when your anal gland yeah, or do you try and rotate yeah. You swap no, fingers. I just I swap I swap hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You swap hands. Yeah, my um, swap hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my um, my first boss out in Warrigal, he said, um, he said, uh, if you want to backhand play tennis, otherwise just use your you know, swap hands to do the other anal gland. Because I tried to do um, I tried to backhand it in my first job doing this little Jack Russell, and the owner came back an hour later saying he's still scooting, and so mm. had a feeling. Oh yeah, that other side was still pretty full. He's gone. Now nah, leave the backhands for the tennis court, Robbie, and yeah, you know, make that's interesting. Yeah, put a glove on yeah. your other hand. So, wow, so, yeah, so yeah, right. So there you, there you go. go. Well, see, so, you know, I always do both hands, and actually, when I had my shoulder construction, it was very hard for me to rotate around enough to do it so yeah i've never yeah. done it with the, the, the two-handed anal gland mate this is Two interesting hands. so so, so sean, i go right and then i go left this is a good chat sean sean he's so sean a double double handed two mate do you see the double double fingering it or no right yeah okay. no no, no. I, haven't, you, I haven't i haven't checked to see whether he whether he does or not in his in your tutoring of getting him up yes to speed, yeah like. yeah 
Well, we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to bring that up in our in our, in our Friday mentoring session, yeah. whether or not he does, yeah, to to yeah, whether he goes, uh, you know, just single handed and rotating around. Or I mean, he's young, Lewis. Yeah, he hasn't had a shoulder Rico, so he might well, be he might be yeah. wrong with being able to twist right around to try and get it. Impressive, mate. Impressive. And on that note, speaking of impressive, yes. Big thank you to our, our sponsor, Zilkeen, the uh, Zilkeen. Anxiety Lowering Medication, the Alpha Kazozapine. Um, been in touch with the rep this week and they've given me a few articles on uh, on on Zilkeen and um, some of the uh, some of the research that's been done. So I thought that we might touch on that uh, when I get a chance to read through some of those. We might might bring that, some of those up. So thank you very nice much one. to Zilkeen. Great for any sort of mild anxiety problem that your dog or cat may have has pride a place on my shelf lewis with all my other uh, uh behavior medications uh has uh you know, takes up quite a lot of real real yeah, estate now right. because uh we are going through a lot of it now with uh, as now that we're out of lockdown and everyone's going back to work and school trying to help to set up all these animals for success for when uh when they're left by themselves uh, the, the cat's probably not so much for when people go back i think the cats are going to be pretty happy celebrating yeah, so it's right next to the um, the the encouragement award, is it, mate? From the um, from the under under twelves uh, baseball uh, seconds team that you you got the encouragement for in uh, what 19, 1988, mate? Is is that what it's next to that one? Yeah, mate, I I'll have you know that I have a box full of of baseball trophies, and oh, yes, most of it. them. Most of them are coaches' awards and best team players and all that sort of stuff. You know, there are two MVPs in there, but best, you know, when best there's a clubman, I oh, know, mate, best yeah, clubman. Oh, I got, I got most improved for the club one year. You know, so that's all right. You know, so, so there's enough. an awful lot of uh, there's an awful lot of awards you can get when you're not very good. So you know, so that's great. Congratulations, yeah. I, 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 mate. I've, I've made a career of playing baseball, Lewis, of knowing that because there's only nine people in the team, if I'm not there, we don't have nine. So, you know, you just got to make sure you actually find a team that's got good enough players, but there's only eight of them and you slot right in. It's terrific. <laughs> and also at the end of the year, you know, there's only nine awards that need to be given out because in this day and age, everyone's a winner, aren't they? Well, well, that's what we award. had for. Well, we had that for um, for Rubes's um, footy. Uh, so we did a Zoom footy uh, presentation night uh, last weekend, and so like six of the kids got the got the big awards, but then everybody got their participation trophy. Right. Um, but no, in in baseball, mate, no, there was only three awards. You know, three awards. Thirty percent you know, chance, I, I, mate. That's impressive. Yeah, no yeah, wonder you got so many in the box. No <laughs> you got so many in the box there. <laughs> on the shelf next to the Zilkeen. Excellent. <laughs> and also uh, an award-winning food, mate. Any ideas what that might be? Oh, de- delicate care, the Australian-made, Australian-owned, you know, made, made over there in the Republic of Western Australia. Um, you know, uh, fantastic uh, quality ing- ingredients and formulated by a uh, by a nutrition professor. Um, you know, uh, not not from the uh, the university of Winchester um, as uh, you know, as, as an article came through talking about uh, you know, probably potentially uh, inappropriate feeding of animals through the week as advertised yes. in the Guardian. Delicate care, definitely balanced, got everything in it that your pet needs. And oh my goodness, what a range of diets as well. Excellent. If you're a vet clinic, they now got it available at Lippard's through the wholesaler too. So you can pick it up from Lippard's ah, too. Lippard's Come into Lippard's this week. Yeah, there you go. So fantastic. Thank you very much, guys. And of course, big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Um, yeah, we do appreciate your support. Uh, just uh, keeps, keeps things ticking along, which is, which is great. So 
Anyway, mate, I saw yes. in the news this week, uh, maybe not have been this week because we did prepare, didn't we, earlier, um, the yes. most interesting names for groups of marine life. So, as in, as in collective nouns, yeah. So you have oh, a school yep. of fish is is the classic yep. one. That that that's that's the traditional one. Um, but uh, we uh, you know commonly call them a school or a shoal, um, and right. that's that's uh, shoals um, evolved from the Dutch root word shole. Shole, pronouncing that correctly, meaning a troop or a crowd. Just just for right. the listener out there, and then there are a few others that are interesting. So. For the uh, for barracuda, yes, you have a battery of barracuda. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and barracuda. And, uh, for swordfish, you have a, a flotilla of swordfish, a flotilla of swordfish, right? And yep. an army of herring. Well, gee whiz, it would have to be a fair army to, to deal with the flotilla of swordfish. This is going well. Uh, uh, salmon, you have a run of salmon. That makes sense. They make a run up the river, don't they? I think that, that's a right. Run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have a. And a how, do they, how do they go? Run, how do they go running without their feet? Yes. Yes. Good point. There's a floor there. Yeah. A floor that they uh, can't put their feet on because they don't have them. Yeah. Uh, a troop of dogfish. Right. Okay. Like clowns. I, I, I thought that might have been a pack. A pack. A pack, yes. a pack of dogfish, but no, it's a troop. Uh, this is a nice one. A glide of flying fish. Oh, ter- that, tremendous. That, fit, that fits in well. And uh, this one's quite a good one. A shiver of sharks. Did you know that? A, sh- a, sh- a shiver. A shiver. That's, a shiver. that's exactly what you'd be feeling if you saw the shark <laughs> when you see one. Diving. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And there's lots more, but I don't know that we're getting very far. Pot of dolphins, pot of whales, a raft of sea otters. A raft fe- of sea otters. Uh, yes. So at, least they did, at least they didn't call it a jacket of sea otters. <laughs> that's right you know well yeah perhaps for the dolphins is it a a, a tin of dolphin no you can't a tin of tuna a tin of tuna tuna yes but when there's when there, when there's a lot when there's a, a huge you know when there's a whole lot of tins of tuna it's called a, it's called a pallet of tuna <laughs> A lot of tuna, very nice. A sashimi, yeah. a sashimi of tuna, yeah, maybe. A sashimi of tuna, yes. A sashimi of puffer fish. Um, <laughs> uh, fever of rays. Fever. Uh, they, oh, they haven't. They haven't. That they haven't changed fever. that to. You get yeah, they haven't. Fever. They haven't changed that for a um. Yeah, in memory of uh of of the crocodile oh. hunter. Yeah, and an Irwin of rays. That's a point. I'll have to look into that. that one. That'd, that'd, that'd be that'd, that'd be better. Maybe you could submit that and see. And then a, to the International Ray Society. Yeah, the International Marine Naming Society. I don't know where this is from. Excellent. This is from the Plat Paddy blog. Another oh, scuba diving blog. There you go. Um, a blessing of narwhals. Oh, excellent! Isn't that excellent, interesting? Yeah, for for such ugly creatures. So there you go. Very good. Go. Very good. Go. That's. Uh, I thought that's. That's just a, obviously a wonderful little article. Quite newsworthy. I hope you yeah. got something else, mate. <laughs> uh, so uh, as a um, just just uh, yeah. I mean that that was yeah d- tremendous. I, I love a good collective noun. Um, but we just wanted to give just, yeah, very cerebral, high brow. I just wanted to give our listeners an update on uh, on pom pom. 
the the dog that that survived being sucked into a tornado near Lithgow earlier, yes. uh, you know, a couple of months ago. Yes. So this is from um, ABC Central West, the um the, the wonderful scribe of Xanthi Gregory. Um, from the 14th of October, they gave a little update of little pom pom. So a dog that was sucked up and tossed 300 meters by a tornado on the New South Wales Central Tablelands has returned home after two weeks at the vet. Oh, wow. The twister carved out a 30-kilometre path of destruction between Bathurst and Lithgow. Pom-Pom the Pomeranian weighs 1.5 kilograms, and her owners say she stood little chance of staying on the ground in the storm, which ripped off roofs and demolished houses. She was picked up and thrown into a nearby paddock. Her owner, Scott McKinnon, had his house at Meadow Flat near Lithgow flattened in what he described as the most destructive 30 seconds of his life. Scotty, 115 kilos, Scotty. Is that it? 115 kilogram tree lopper and the world record holding coal shoveler, right? He's a world coal shoveler clung onto the kitchen bench for his life as the tornado struck. Is that, that's a bit of a, I must, must admit with, with global warming and everything, that's, that's a profession that's probably, you know, it's not a long-term career, is it? Hopefully. Look, I think I think it's sponsored by the National Party here in here in Australia. <laughs> yeah, the Nationals have, um, are very keen on the coal shoveling. Um, yes. I don't think they're necessarily going to be wheeling uh, Mr. McKinnon out for the uh, for the Glasgow Climate Change Summit in a couple of weeks. No, I think they're uh, they're they're keeping that quite on the down low. I think what they might do, they might just um, convert it into uh, into stone shoveling, maybe rather than coal. But, any mention, you know, anyway, any mention of him immigrating to you know China or India or somewhere where they're Coal is is a quite a you know quite a well used product and looks like it might be long term potentially or anyway no. we get political let's no. move on no and there's also nothing here about a Darnie siding him up either so you know, to get him in there try to start to help them to try and dig their hole um pom uh, pom was in the air along with some of the neighbors cows spinning about twenty meters high alongside debris. The kennel she was resting in when the tornado hit is nowhere to be found and her blanket remains stuck 30 metres up a pine tree. It's a wonder pom-pom only sustained a few broken ribs and a punctured lung. Her owners, there was no way she survived, so they focused on helping other animals before going to retrieve her more than an hour later. We gave up on pom-pom, Mr. McKinnon said. It was only when they heard a bark in the distance that they realised she was holding on. We can't work it out. She's only the size of a big rat and she survived, he said. Uh, after two weeks of recovery at the local vet, Pom Pom will keep resting up at her owner's dad's home until the McKinnons can rebuild. Keeping Pom Pom still has proven hard. You'd be unable to tell she had a traumatic brush with a tornado. She's 100 miles an hour all the time, up and down and up and down, Mr. McKinnon said. So there you go. How's that a, as a wonderful, you know, a, a wonderful story for uh, for little Pom Pom? Broken rib and a, uh, and a what we call a, a pneumothorax. So where the lung gets punctured and all the air that's supposed to be in the um, in the lung escapes out in that space around the ribs, um, and yeah, you have to go in there and try and uh, try and mm. inflate it. So mm-hmm. it's um, have you have you dealt with a, a pneumothorax before? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that sometimes you can just monitor them if it's just a yeah yeah minor one, but obviously if it's pretty severe. You got to go in there and. Yeah, try and inflate the lung and, and seal it all over again. Yeah, particularly. Yeah. Often it's diaphragmatic, isn't it, the diaphragms? But but if you've broken ribs, it's probably through the chest wall. But anyway. Mm. Yeah. Now, I've had a um, I've had a couple where uh, we've had to go in and basically you're just trying to suck the air out. Yeah. And you're just hoping that is sucking the air out 
but then the air's not escaping quicker than what you can actually suck it out because you're waiting for it to seal up itself. Um, so I know in the emergency centers, they have like, sometimes they need to have them on, on constant, um, uh, constant vacuum to try and sort of wow. keep sucking it out and sucking it out and sucking it out. And if it keeps on filling, uh, keeps on filling up, filling up, then you've got to go fishing in there to try and find where the, where the rupture is, because you're yeah, trying to stitch lung up is not all that much fun. It's like trying to stitch up balloons. So you're kind of hoping that the body's going to seal it up itself. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it was through the chest wall though, if it's got a couple of broken ribs or you think, well, yeah, hard to know, I suppose. Hard to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so damage the lung it- or damage the chest wall. Yeah. Flail yeah, yeah. Chest. If it's a, if it's a, attention pneumothorax so where they're sucking the air in as they breathe then yeah that's one where you've got to go in there and try and try and stitch mm. it up but if it's from a, a ruptured lung of where the where the ribs have gone in there and punctured the actual lung itself and the air's escaping from the lungs well hopefully it'll it'll seal up so yeah, okay. but anyway oh, wow. pom-pom that's good news survived. good that's news good, good that news is great news. Is it, a little good is news it, have, have patty put out what the uh what the collective noun is for a at tornadoes of, of pom-poms uh, let me just uh, just, let, let me just, just have, have a check. just have a check. I'll just go through through my notes. Uh, no, but um, but it, it is a, a a risk of lobsters. A risk of lobsters. A risk there of lobsters. Go. There you go. There's, an, there's yeah. another one. Because you, you're at, you're, at, you're at risk of having your uh, having your narwhal chopped off by a lobster. <laughs> there's too many of them there. Maybe, maybe. And well, this is quite pertinent. A waddle of penguins a on the land. Oh, on the land, they're called a waddle. On the land. Okay, on right. Water, yes, that makes sense. That uh, on the water, they're related to the sea otter. They're a raft, a raft, a raft okay. of penguins on the water, and then once they get on the land, they're a waddle of penguins. Well, that makes a lot more sense than the run of dogfish that have no feet. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the pack, the pack, the pack. I saw an interesting thing this week on. Um, uh, must have been on the on the Instagram. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, by Ju- Dr. Justine Lee. Put a post on there. She's um, uh, is it Vet Girl? I think she's the Vet Girl podcast. Quick shout out to some some a uh, cerebral podcast, a much more cerebral than yes, us, definitely, but not the cerebral one we're usually talking about. Anyway, and this is um, this is an interesting way of telling if your dog is overweight or not. Yeah, right. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's called the hand trick. No, and and so what she's got is she wants to know if your pet is healthy weight. Feel their ribs and compare them to different parts of your hand. Determine if your pet is too thin, too heavy, or just right. So probably similar to when you're cooking a steak and you're feeling, you know, the, the steak. She she uses. Um, so you got uh, if you if you got a closed fist on your uh, and and you run your fingers along the top of your knuckles. Right. Um, yes. She says that's too thin. If the ribs feel like oh, that when you run, okay. run, run your fingers along on the ribs and they feel too thin, like the top of your knuckles, that's too thin. If you open, then open your hand like a, a, and the palm and right below where your fingers sort of join your palm. If, if you run your finger, you feel along there, that's yeah. if you're too heavy. Your, your dog is too heavy. They are a bit overweight. Oh, really? If that's what it feels like, the ribs along there. Yeah. Right. And then if, if you feel the, the fleshy bit just below your thumb, if that's yeah. what it feels like when you're running your hands along the ribs on, on the inside of your palm, you're ob- your dog's obese. Right. So you're overweight. And then the final one is, again, back to the fist. Uh, you've got your knuckles um, and then your sort of fingers – uh, between the two knuckles of your hand, yeah, with the close where your ring sits, yeah, where you, where the ring, yeah, your rings would sit, yeah, yeah. Um, you run your fingers on there, 
and that's ideal. That's oh, what there you're we feeling. go. Feeling something like that when you run your fingers along um um along your along your hand. That's what it should feel like along the rips. So there's a little there's a little diagram there for um for, oh, for the look listener, at that. which won't work you're at punching. all because. Because we're not actually visual or video no, at the moment, no, no, are we? Or, but, but anyway, <laughs> there but what you go. A, what so a wonderful description you gave. Yeah, thanks, yeah, 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 thank you. You've been working on that. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you? Well, the, well, the, I, don't, I don't know about the um the the, the one on the, the hand here. I reckon actually that feels, I think that feels alright to be honest. Right, you've been from a from, from from a dog a dog's been, weight point of view. You've been checking your own ribs, mate. Have you? And think, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Over 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 felt rare. my ribs for about four years, mate. Medium like, rare. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only assume that they're there because because I haven't got a flail chest. You know, I haven't been. Right. You know, I haven't. They haven't, haven't. I can still still breathe. I assume the ribs are there. Something stopping my shirt from coming out. I don't know. It might be might be my my big muscly pecs. But you know, I, I, I'm I, I sure it is, mate. Let's move on because yeah. we're giving some uh, visuals now. That perhaps. <laughs> uh, uh, so all advice on the show is generally nature. So please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we've missed anything or if we, if you need any clarification. Excellent. So, now, what have you got? What have you got I've for got, us? Cerebral. Uh, cerebral this, me up. Yeah, well, yeah, this is a bit, bit cerebral. This is an article I saw um by uh by din woody zotola and nicholas dodman um uh, nick dodman very well known in the behavior area an investigation into the impact of pre-adolescent training on canine behavior i thought well that's my wheelhouse let's have a look at that yeah from it's from the special issue of the canine behavior Common behavioral well-being, open access articles. So, uh, I know it's from animals. From animals, there must be the journal Animals 2021. So you can go and check it out there. And this research basically involved 641 owners and 1,023 dogs that had enrolled in a training program. Um, and the so the premise was currently current thinking about puppy training is that it should be performed as early in a dog's life as possible to prevent the later development of behavior problems. Mm, but yep. no study has been performed to see if early puppy training before three months of age does present clear advantages over training at a later age in terms of the subsequent development of adult behavior problems. This res retrospective study examined the age at which adult dogs were trained as puppies and whether there were advantages of training puppies before four months of age or between five and six months of age. We found no difference in the age of puppy training and the subsequent development of behavior problems, oh. aggression, compulsive behavior, destructive behavior, and excessive barking were all reduced in dogs that had attended puppy training before six months of age compared to a control group of dogs that had not attended puppy training classes. So there's definitely some benefits there. It, it would seem yeah. with, um, with with having some puppy training, which we've always we've always thought. But it's yes. good to have the thing there of saying puppy training is going to reduce down these problems. Exactly, and they also found that puppy training based on reward based 
based methods substantially reduce the odds of aggression in adult dogs. So I thought that's really interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That is really good. So big slap in the face to the, the punishment or dominance based training that, that we, you know, yes, that's, uh, that's hopefully dying out out there, but certainly is, is still used, unfortunately. So using reward based, you're, you, you know, you've got a much, uh, much less chance of having an aggressive adult dog. Uh, and in, in contrast to that, they also found that punishment-based methods increase the odds of aggression. And that, that Which, fits in with, with what good. we know as knowledge, but nice to have it there. More frequent use of punishment is associated with an increased aggression and, and excitability. Um, and the use of punishment when training dogs is related to an increase in both fear and aggression. So more sort of uh, slap in the face stuff for um, for punitive measures of uh of, of, of early puppy training, so certainly. Other findings about the entire study population were the dogs acquired as pups at 12 weeks of age or less had reduced odds of exhibiting fear, anxiety, and engaging in destructive behaviours. So there's another good sort of uh, reason for why you should be getting a puppy at maybe eight weeks of age. Yeah. Um, or as early as possible once, you know, once you can get them out of that breeding environment and into your home environment is a, is a much better option. In addition, male dogs were found to have reduced odds of developing aggressive behavior, compulsive behavior, and mounting slash humping and increased odds of rolling in repulsive materials. That's it. That's it. I got before twelve weeks of age. So typical you, boys. Yeah. If you if you don't want a dog that rolls in dog poo, wait yeah. until after twelve weeks of age. But they might be aggressive. They might have compulsive disorder. They might mount and hump everything. <laughs> yeah, but they'll that's, smell uh, wonderful. Yeah, but you, you won't need to bath them ever. <laughs> uh, and neutered dogs of either sex were found to increase odds of developing fear and anxiety. Increase Ooh, odds okay. of escaping, running away, exhibiting coprophagia, eating poo, eating their own poo, and rolling in repulsive materials. So that's interesting little thing that maybe there's a little bit of addition there that, you know, that the delaying neutering or or not neutering, yeah. um, neutering you know, um, maybe has still has some of those behavioral influences, which is just throws more murkiness into the water isn't it of, of when <laughs> Absolutely. I what age should i desex my dog and we have talked about yeah. it in previous episodes there's research always coming out new new areas of, of research um yeah, goalposts are constantly changing ex exactly um and the odds of problematic jumping decreased with age so um as as dogs get older they i guess they jump up on their owners less for attention that that we tend to tends to be a problem yeah. with the young puppies too. So, so very interesting, good little, you know, small little study, 634 people, um, you know, go, go and have a look at it. I don't think uh, there was anything more, um, just, just some great input that, that positive training methods are much better option. Starting them and early, early, starting yeah. them early is, is certainly an indication that, that there's a big, big difference there. And also trying to get those puppies from the breeder at, you know, six to eight weeks of age. Um, yeah. after they've been weighed a much better chance of having a, a well-rounded uh, adolescent dog. Yeah. Yeah. So get your puppy early, train them up. Even when they're young, positive reinforcement. Perfect. Oh, what, exactly. what, that, that's, a, that's a really, really good article. That's cerebral. Oh, like that's, thanks, that, that's 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 very cerebral and oh my goodness that's worth the price of admission alone terrific hey now um we've actually got a we've got some mailbag 
Wow. Yeah. We've got some mailbags. So so we're going to start off with um with friend of the show, Cloudy, um, who um has got a uh one of her burners um has got ear issues um and unfortunately doesn't like anything at all being put down into the ears. Ooh. So that's tough. Um, and so she asked me the other day saying, hey, could you talk about on the podcast whether or not uh, or what um, other tips and tricks you've got for trying to help to get things down dogs' ears that don't really like things going down their ears? Um, and it is really, really hard. And, you know, it said, uh, you know, Claudia and her mum, Catherine, are very, very good with their dogs. Um, I, I said, look, really the, the big thing is trying to get them used to going near your ear, their ears at times of when you're not necessarily going to be putting stuff down the ears, um, but also having the bottle of stuff in your hands at the times of when you're going near their ears and not putting stuff down their ears too. So they don't just associate then with seeing the bottle as well. But do you have any other, and we've even tried um, you know, using some calming medication to see whether or not that might help to relax them down enough to be able to get the stuff in the ears um, too. Cause now we're just down to using like a weekly ear wash. Um, do you have any other sort of magic tricks or anything like that that you recommend for people? Oh, my two or what? Gee, do you? Oh, that's, do, that's do, the reason why. That's the reason why I put it to the brains trust, Lewis. You've come to the right place. I mean, wow. Yeah, it's a, that's a common problem. That's a, it's firstly, that's like a, we see that all the time. Dogs that are ear yeah. shy. It's the same with nail trimming. No dogs that just yep. don't want their feet touched. Don't like their nail nail trims. And actually, I did. Uh, I did have an uh, something lined up. We might talk about the nail trimming process and uh, next week. Very sort of similar sort of thing. And and it, it is really difficult when you've got a dog that's, that's had so many bad, I'd say, yeah, bad experiences mm. where the ear's been sore and we've had to treat it and we you know, have to put something something down there. It makes it really, really hard to then go, well, no, no, you need, you, we can go near you now. It's not infected. It's fine. You, know, you, you should let yeah. us go near there. And they're like, no, 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 that really, really hurt. Don't go near my ears. And so it's, it, it is a really difficult thing. And the, the process that we would try and use exactly what you've talked about is, you know, a desensitization and, and counter conditioning for those cerebral listeners out there. But <laughs> it is, it is essentially when, you know, their ear is not infected that you're really taking it back 50 steps and going, all right, yeah. you know, it's, it's about, you know, we have a training session for five minutes twice a day um, where there's nothing involved with your ears. It's uh, basically, I'm just going to rub you on the side of your neck, just under your ear. And then I'll give you a treat. And yep. then I'm going to, yeah. And then you get a treat, you get a rub, you get a treat, you get a rub under the, ear, you get a treat, you know? Um, and, and, and you might do that for, for a few days. And then the next few days you're working on um, going close to the, ear, you know, not yeah. using anything at all, you know, and you know, putting a finger near the uh, entrance to the ear, getting a treat. And, and you've got to watch body language signs. So if we show any signs of uh, pulling our head away, licking our lips, giving you a bit of a side eye, like, oh, you're going near my ear, I'm worried about that, you've got to take it back a step. So if, if touching the yeah. ear canal is too much, you've just got to come back and go, all right, we'll touch. Uh, I know they've got floppies. I know no Cloudy's dog. So mm -hmm. we'll touch the bottom of the tip of your ear, you know, something like that. And and just use lots and lots of food and, 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 and good thing happening. And then... It's it's um it's really sort of a, a gradual then um you know and then you might work up to okay now I can stick my little finger 
a little way in the hole and then we get a treat. You know, I can rub my little finger around in the hole. Now I can sort of scruff up your, your, your ear flap a little bit and, and now I can lift the ear flap up and, 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 and you're still rewarding and then I can lift your ear flap up and then put a finger in there and then uh, maybe, um, you know, I don't know, using a, like a, a, a highlighter pen, like a big sort of big pen, obviously not one I'm talking stick down the ear, but you use a highlighter pen and you're touching yeah. the edge of the ear with that. And then you're rewarding with that. And then you might use something else to touch the into and then maybe bring out the, the, uh, the ear wash that you want to use or whatever it is. And you just put that down on the floor and then you're doing all that training again, because that might be triggering seeing the ear bottle. And, and it is just a really, really gradual process and, and it can take a long time. And the difficulty that we have with that is if, in that interim training, you have a period where we actually do need to medicate that ear because yeah. it's sore. That's what can set you back again. Like, no, no, no. You've done two weeks of this wonderful training. Now I've got to put something in your sore ear. Uh-uh. That's not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to set back all the training that we've done. Um, so I, I really do feel for you, Claudia. There's a different one. And often if you go in those training periods, it's it's a, almost to the point where if we need to treat the ears, um, hopefully, you know, Rob is your vet. So hopefully we can, you know, you can use an anesthetic or sedation or some sort yeah. and then treat it in that process so that you're not sort of mucking up the, the training th- stuff. And and certainly knowing Cloudy, maybe something where perhaps getting a really good dog trainer in to actually help her with that process because it can help a lot to have somebody who's very experienced with timing very experienced with body language um and some of the really good trainers out there use um uh now i'm gonna get this wrong because i'm not a dog trainer but um but you can use things like target training um or even a chin rest scenario so a chin rest in training um for dogs are where you get them to put their chin onto something so it might be onto a pillow or onto a a little table or something and when they're on the table they're accepting of allowing touching of the head and 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 ear area because they're getting a lot of treats now i'm going to get this wrong because i'm not a trainer um and so they put their chin on the table means the dog is saying it's okay for you to um for you to touch my ear now because i know i'm getting a lot of treats and as soon as the head cups off the table it all stops Everything stops, right? You know, and the dog's able yeah. to say, then able to give a little bit of an out that I'm not happy where this training's going. Head off the table, no worries. And so, I, I, I'm, I'm not because I keep saying I'm not a trainer, but and and there's another one that um that I think is the cups method, and and I'm not sure. I think if I think if you go on YouTube, you might better find it. But um, but there's some really good trainers that that um that certainly if Cloudy wants some recommendations, I can, I can give her some that, that can come out and have a look and maybe might have some novel ideas as, that, that can help it. But there is, uh, yeah, some, some really good trainers. So, so I, yeah, I haven't got that magic cure for you. Yes. So when I said you've come to the right place, no, you haven't. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's, it, it is, yeah, it's, it is, it is a really frustrating thing. And I, I think um, certainly some of the longer acting, uh, medications that we can put in the ears that, that means we don't have to medicate they could be helpful too i'm sure robbie's on top of all over, all over those um yeah but yeah doing doing an ear wash and and getting a dog to enjoy it very very hard pretty tough pretty yeah, tough yeah definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 oh thanks for that mate that's a, that's that's a right. great uh, a great summary now uh the second one is um is a, a question from derek 
um, who sent us in an email at uh, at two vets uh, talk pets at gmail.com. Um, Derek asks, my vet said I can't play tug of war with my puppy. Is that true? Ooh, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Great because, question, Derek. C- because me, I did like I played tug of war with Rosie, and she loves it, and we have a lot of fun with it, and we get down on our haunches, and we we are, and she squeaks her squeaker, and I squeak her squeaker, and we have a little tug, and then she runs away, and we have a lot of fun. Um, what, so what I noise thought, does oh. she make? So you're squeaking, and what what noise is she making? Well, that, well, that's the noise that she makes with the ball. Oh, in so, sorry, so she's got oh, she sorry, mate. Yeah, I, yeah just so, have I, so I make the noise back to her. Oh, I had images of you on the ground with the ball in your mouth. Oh, squeak, squeak. Yeah, anyway. So, oh, yeah. I oh, know we both do it. I squeak. I don't put it in my mouth, though, because that'd be weird. But, you know, I, I hold it in my hand really close. And I squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting how the, the tug toy debate has evolved over the years. So yeah. certainly when I, you know, when I first graduated, there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot more talk about you shouldn't play tug toy with a dog because it teaches them to be aggressive. Yeah, anti-tugging. Well, <laughs> yeah. Anti-tuggers. Right. Okay. So tell me more. Is this oh, no, a- no, no, no. I'm, I'm only just trying to, trying to give the... The anti-tug those, movement, those particularly people, yeah. The anti-tug movement, a um, yeah, give, give, they've, they've had their voice, but but what's that? What's the current thinking? You pro, are, are you trying to say that you're pro-tugging now? Well, well, I think I think we'd have to. I mean, I'm certainly it, pro-tugging it, with Rosie, so is you there, know, I'll, I'll put I'll put that out there on Front Street. Is there and and your eyesight's okay, mate? It's uh, it's all that, good. But, sorry, who is that? <laughs> your eyesight. Your eyesight. Yeah, oh, that, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My yeah, hearing's terrible, a, but my eyesight's a, okay. Being a pro tugger, your uh, your eyesight's because there's a, supposedly a side effect. But anyway, um, <laughs> cerebral, very yes, cerebral, spot on. So that's changed over time. Um, you know, certainly when I started, it was all about you. You know, you shouldn't play tug toy with your your dog, and um, and then it sort of evolved a little bit to. Oh no! You can play tug of war with your dog, but you need to win. Oh, you right. need to, you can't let your dog win, yeah, because right. uh, because then there, and it's all linked to. I think a lot of that sort of stuff is is old fashioned and linked to that dominance sort of theory that um, you know. And so for a while there, I was telling owners, "Oh, you have to win. You have to be yeah. the one who ends up with the toy." So, but um, but now we've moved full circle, and we just say it's fun. Like you said, you know, you love you love having a tug with 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 Rosie and and Rosie and, loves uh, having a tug and, with me. Rose having a love love a tug with 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 you. Maybe when the RSPCA drops in, <laughs> check on that bird. Check I might on that, just on that bird. Check yeah. on you you and Rosie's sort of little tug routine you got going on there, mate. But no, the there's it's very uh, look look nothing against the vet, but look, I I think their advice is probably incorrect. Um, we we. Uh, certainly uh, playing tug of war with pets. They know it's a game. Um, yeah. You know, um, there's no need for one of you to win or lose. Um, it's a game. They're playing. Um, I guess, yes, if, if uh, a tug of war left, uh, caused a damage to somebody's teeth, like yeah. the owner's teeth. No, but, you know, then that, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. If it hurts their neck, I don't recommend doing that. Uh, I guess if technically if we... We're playing tug of war and the dog got the toy and then was guarding the toy. Yeah. Real, yep. Really like actually aggressively, like going to, you know, bite your hand off when you go to grab it. 
Oh, that I'd resource probably, guarding that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. we talked about last week. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be playing tug of war in that situation. But that's pretty rare. I don't hear a lot of that sort of thing. So. Yeah. I don't have an issue. I mean, two dogs playing tug of war with each other. I think that's fine too, as long as it doesn't escalate into a point where they, they get genuinely aggressive. But when we're playing tug of war, dogs are pretty good at reading our body language and they know that it's a game. They yeah. know they're having fun. We have dogs to have fun and companionship. Go ahead. Tug all you like, mate. Be a Robbie. Be, be Rosie. A Robbie. Rosie, come. <laughs> Yeah, Rosie. Uh, Rosie over here. Don't use that other word. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Good, mate. We got some mailbag this week, didn't we? There we go. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Very cerebral. And we kept um, it cerebral. Yeah. So uh, so if you've got a question, um, send it into us at uh, twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us uh, on the um, on the Instagram and on the Twitter, and you can um, and and the and Bandcamp and you know, no, not Probably on Bandcamp. Where are you going? <laughs> Telegram. And one Probably time, bank app. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you know, yeah right. You're back yeah, on the. You can, you can, you back can, on you playing can, the tug toy, mate. You, you can put an ad on the, uh, you know, in the age and, you know, see whether or not when the guy throws it over next Saturday morning, whether he kills another bird. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully, Hopefully not. not. No, Robbie's on Telegram with all his other mates, Antifa mates. Just, uh, just no, he's not. That's right, oh, Telegram. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a new one on me. Tele- yeah. Telegram. That's it's an encrypted app, mate. It's where? Oh, is it? So you, oh, you find us the the, all, the, all the um the, all the guys in the high vis where they all yeah. go and work out where yeah. they're going to meet. Right. Spot on. That's right. So we're on Telegram. Two vets talk pets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if we are. Maybe someone's cyber squatting on our and our uh, our handle. Two vets talk pets on Telegram. Oh yes, and they're yeah. going to wait for wait for us to pay some of that some of that big podcast bucks <laughs> to be able to. To, to be able to get the, our get our, our our tag back, the big podcast fucks. Anyway, already guys. So certainly we're everywhere. So yeah, send us a message. We do love to hear. Thank you very much for Derek and Cloudy for your your uh, your questions this week. Actually, I just see the end of just got Derek's one up here. The end of his yes. question, he does say, um, "Thanks for answering my question. Be great if we could have Deb on the podcast a little bit Deb more." So. The- Thanks, Derek. Appreciate the, the comment, mate. Thank you. Uh, so, so sorry, sorry, I missed that that last part of your email yeah. there, Derek. Apologies. Yeah, excellent. All right, guys. All right, scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.